Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash home and podcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from, from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Thanks, Audible, and let's get into the episode. Lion just recovered a fumble. Bits of wisdom. It's Harry Ludini, I'm pretty sure. That's when it kind of becomes home improvement after dark. I guess that leaves us at the question of the week. Mm, very good. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, Jordan, but a really cool aerial shot of the table. Reasonably funny. User review. Does everybody know what time it is? Home and podcast time. I, I'm in a hurry right now. I gotta get on a plane that's gotta be back at the museum by 5 o'clock. New York stockbroker Michael Cromwell has an appointment in the Amazon. Rana? At a remote Indian village. Oh my god. It's Gilligan's Island. He's not sure what he's doing there. If we get to pick our own names, I'd like to pick a man who's extremely well endowed. Sorry, it's already taken. But he's about to find out. The boy sitting next to the fire over there is your son. That is my son? What am I supposed to do now? Now. The chief has given Mimi the task of bringing fire back from the Statue of Liberty. No, 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 no. He's bringing home his son from one jungle to another. You're going to have to learn what men do in my jungle. Want to go someplace? All you do is wave your arm. Magic. Oh, magic will be if he understands English. And the big city is going to get... What are you doing? Feed my tika. What's matika? A little savage. Ah! Walt Disney Pictures presents... Ah! He's doing a fairy! No, 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 don't come back here! A story about the lessons of childhood. Open up! What's going on? Your son was in his hammock with my daughter. What? Open the door right now! Warns of fatherhood. Oh no. Tim Allen. Coco. Jungle to jungle. What's that? It's a mouse. Go get it. What up, what up, Home and Podcast listeners? My name is Adam, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jordan. Uh, Jordan, what are we covering today? Jungle to jungle. It's going to get... Jungle to jungle. It's going to get savage. It, <laughs> let's get a little savage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, you just heard the trailer. Uh, so, yeah, we're covering Jungle uh, 2, T-W-O, Jungle. And, uh, Jordan, before we get into the specifics, what did you remember about this film, or did, what, what are your... What were your recollections, or what were you thinking going into it? Yeah, I definitely remembered the Spita. Um, you know, I remember all of the the New York City backdrop that they have. That's obviously prominent throughout the film that we'll see there. Um, not really a. T- I forgot Martin Short was in this movie. I had I had no idea that he was going to be in it. That was a surprise to me. 
Um, I don't really remember much else, to be honest. I think when we talked about this briefly before, uh, I went back and listened to our the Santa Claus episode, which is kind of similar. We did a movie there. And we, we talked about Jungle to Jungle briefly, which, you, you know, the writing was on the wall. We wanted to do Jungle to Jungle next. You talked about how yeah. it, was a, it was a movie that you really enjoyed and you st- stood by that statement. Uh, and I think I had mentioned <laughs> at that time that I remembered the spider and that's it. So that's... Yeah, I don't know if I, after having watched it, I don't know if I still stand by it or not. Uh, <laughs> you you did at that time. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think I get Jungle to Jungle confused with the original film, the French film, uh, <laughs> Little Indian Big City, yeah. that it's a remake of. So I think I was thinking of that. No, I remember, I saw this in theaters. Uh, I very much remember that. And uh, yeah. You saw it in theaters, uh, huh? Oh, yeah. Wow. Big, I, you know, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> when, when a Tim Allen movie comes to theaters in Michigan, uh, people flock. The masses go. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I'm sure I saw this in theaters. Um it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting watching it with a, a different lens in a lot of regards. I think uh, things go over your head, or <laughs> you just don't really think about the implications of things. Certain subplots, or dare I say, uh, occupations, don't make a ton of sense uh, when put under the microscope. But that's what we're here. That's what we're doing. We're talking jungle to jungle. So, uh, without further ado, let's talk. Uh, let's talk logistics. Let's talk yeah. information. Let's uh, let's talk about. Yeah, it. I'll I'll get into this. Uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier. You know, the Santa Claus had several taglines. Uh, Jungle to Jungle only has one, and we mentioned it. It's get a little savage. That's bad. I know they didn't come up with any it's, others, and that was the one they they stuck with. It's not, and it's not. It's like corny, but it's also like like this. Like I don't know. Is the is oh the names are going to be so hard to remember. Is Mimi a little savage? You know, do you think of him as being a savage? Uh, no, not really. No more than you were. You know, me. <laughs> well, I think people might think we're savages. Yeah. So I that's maybe a bad comparison. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, You talked about things not being PC. That would be uh, exhibit number one right there. With I just, and I, I feel like, I know it's annoying to like hear that stuff. I, I, least of all people, like I hate hearing and I think like outrage culture and like people. Right getting mad about like i'm annoyed by it but there are some things in this movie that are just perhaps just too major to gloss over even i would i'm not interested in having like a we wouldn't say that now conversation but there's a couple things in here that we do need to mention (laughs) because it's just like but yeah it's uh yeah perhaps it doesn't hold up as well as the santa claus did but uh yeah take out the perhaps (laughs) in many in many ways jordan this kind of is the Santa Claus, I feel like. <laughs> I, no, Tim like, plays just the same a, person. From a plot perspective, like, uh, jerk that is obsessed with his job or thinks too much of his job and doesn't really care about anyone but himself, uh, child is introduced to his life, he learns lessons of the world and learns how to love. Mm. Same, same basic thing. This movie is like, Jungle the Jungle is like, the Santa Claus crossed with Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> oh, I, I like Crocodile Dundee, so I'm, I, do, I'm, I do too. I'm into I do that. Too, but it's the same thing. It's like a guy from a primitive culture introduced to you know in the Big Apple, like just kind of walking around, getting into hijinks. People are giving him funny looks. He's peeing on things. He's got a big <laughs> knife. Same basic. He's got a big knife. In this case, it's a like a blow dart gun or whatever. But that's not a knife. This is a knife. 
This is a knife. Uh, well, maybe maybe Crocodile Dundee will be the next. We'll kind of go in phases. We start with my Crocodile Dundee sounded like sounds like John F. Kennedy. <laughs> maybe they. That's not a knife. That's not. <laughs> Ask now what you can do That's for this knife. What you, yeah, it's what a knife can do for you. Oh, uh, yep. Yeah, so all uh, Americans. This is like we said, loose. Just loose. Loosey goosey, baby. Uh, uh, let me. Got, do you have some logistical things, or do you have some? Yeah, some I got some other data? stuff I want to share. Uh, so. We talk about plot keywords once in a while when they have them, and we make up our own when they don't have them. For we do every, we talk about them every. We talk about them. Uh, we're going to talk about them again. And this movie on IMDb has 107 plot keywords on there, uh, and so people have put these on there. But also, I didn't know this. You can sort like if you click on one of the plot keywords, you can find other movies that have these tied to it. So, for example, I picked out four funny or strange plot keywords and yeah, funny in quotes probably yeah right? yeah uh the first is bare-chested male oh no oh no <laughs> the second is a pretty specific and uh analytical one digit in title okay yeah, yeah. uh human eating pet food <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is uh are there's two or more uh kicked in the balls oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> and then uh red-headed female that's that, this, this, you're getting you're so unfettered on this you're really delivering on your promise i'm trying i mean did you, was the last the last one was redhead redheaded female i was gonna say these are, is, these are kind of sexy yeah i know i clicked <laughs> on uh the kicked in the balls and do you want to uh, know that's it? like every disney live action well movie, there's uh say. there's 66 titles that have that list right. in imdb can you okay. the number one is train spotting i've seen it but i don't remember the part where it, i mean i don't know they just came out with the sequel i don't remember a guy get kicked in the balls and train spotting <laughs> Num- number th- number two is uh sucker punch which i've never seen either no i i know about it but yeah number no. three is the boy next door with jennifer lopez oh yeah mystery that's <laughs> good stuff she probably you know she probably kicks him in the balls and then has to kind of escape or something mm. i was thinking these are more like women in distress kind of uh here's well here's one that's not kicking. like that i want something sillier all right number nine little giants there we go. That's kind of what I'm. That's kind of what I'm. I want you know. Yeah, I, I, I want like playful kicking in the balls. I don't want mm-hmm. uh, you know like kind of. You don't get any more stuff. playful than little giants. You by the annexation of Puerto Rico is uh, <laughs> as about as playful as it gets. <laughs> so. so yeah, those are uh, some of the plot keywords they have listed there. Uh, you can. What did I have? What's the number one for redhead? Ooh, good question. Yeah, I mean, you could probably spend hours going through this. There's also long-haired male. Uh, I just was searching by <laughs> Tarzan. Yeah, okay. well, yeah, probably. Number one, uh, Game of Thrones for redheaded woman. I have no, I've never, never watched. Never that, me so. neither. Uh, number two, though, the critically acclaimed Titanic. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I have heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> your heart will go on. Uh, that's inter- that's interesting. All right. Well, next time we have them on uh, on Home Improvement, we can we can look into that. Yeah. People, you got you guys that paid for this, you're already getting your money's worth. I mean, that's. That's $5 information. Right at there. least. At least. Uh, so let's go into some trivia and notes. Um, we talked about Tim Allen and Martin Short. They would later star together in the Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause. Which everyone knows is the best of the Santa Claus movies. <laughs> By far. Great trilogy is coming threes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned earlier that this was a uh, remake, an American remake of the successful French movie Little Indian Big City, and that was uh, 1994, so just a, a couple years earlier. The plot follows the originally original fairly closely, uh, except f- that the original was set in Paris rather than New York, 
And Mimi Siku climbed the Eiffel Tower instead of the Statue of Liberty. See, you say it's successful, but when I was watching that Roger Ebert video I posted uh, last night, they mentioned that they had that film as their worst of the year, mm-hmm. like in nineteen ninety four. They're saying they're the, they're saying the French film was successful. That's why it was remade. Yeah, I know, but they said that the French film was like one of their worst films of the year in nineteen ninety four. Oh, see, now I have information saying that Siskel said that. Uh, the Jungle Jungle movie was the worst film of 1997. Yeah, yeah. But also, but before he says that, he says that Ebert said in 1994 that this film was one of his worst. So Whew. I'm saying that both the original and the remake made the worst of no. either one of their lists. I'm, I'm just going to say this is from Wikipedia. So I'm not saying I put successful in there. It's obviously yeah. uh, someone's non-objective view there. Right. Uh, yeah. Also, another trivia note. An entire day's worth of film was lost when it was, was believed to have been accidentally left in a New York City taxi cab. The film was never recovered. So. That's how you know that you're part of a top-notch production. <laughs> I would love to have been the guy that like got into a New York taxi cab, found this film, and then went home and put it on. It was just like reels of Jungle the Jungle. Just Mimi Siku walking around the city. Oh, man. It's it's, uh, it's like the modern Zapruder film. You know? Can you like imagine all of the great it. scenes that we missed that they just couldn't ever recover? I bet there's a lot of good outtakes of Tim uh, on the on the island just kind of riffing with the, the locals. They're probably like a lot of computer and laptop humor. I thought it would be a lot more of uh, the stuff that was filmed in New York City. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> I mean, there's really, you know, when you're making a joke about something, I think the logistics kind of go out the window. <laughs> um, other than that, I did want to, we're going to have user reviews later, uh, backed by Adam's demand, not necessarily popular demand. And so before we do that, though, I did want to give like a um, kind of a general overview of what people felt about the film going in and uh you mentioned siskel uh with his you know remarks about worst film of 1997 or perhaps i did and you talked about the other the other film uh rotten tomatoes has this at a a crisp 20 percent approval rating which is uh pretty low and uh on the on the bright side tim was nominated for a kids choice award in 1998 under favorite movie actor uh, and then also I pulled this re- like two sentence um, feedback from retrodrunk.com. This was posted eight years and seven months ago by Wolves Cry Velvet. And it says, another flick I was obsessed with. I was so inspired by this, I made a blowgun using Q-tips, straight pins, and straws that I used to kill grasshoppers, flies, and toads with. LOL. Mm, Wow. And that little boy grew up to be Eric Trump. Oh, man. Eight years ago. Uh, Yeah, I mean, ingenuity, uh, inspiration, and uh, I'm kind of terrified. That person... That person is probably a scary human now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What else you got? <laughs> so, I mean, other than that, we can get into the uh, synopsis. We can get into the director and budget. So we'll do that. Cool. Um, director John Pasquin, same guy who is uh, the director producer on Home Improvement, and he did the Santa Claus as well. So he, uh, you know, had success in the Santa Claus. So they they allowed him to keep doing it. Uh, writers for this film: Bruce A. Evans, Reynold Gideon. Uh, mm. film was released March 7th, 1997. So perhaps it was a birthday gift that you got to go and see it in, in theaters, uh, when you were younger. <laughs> and, uh, we've got it. It's the only gift I got that year. <laughs> it was a really disappointing birthday. Uh, a, an hour and 45 minute runtime budget of 32 mil. 
Uh, gross. We only have USA gross for this one, uh, but the gross was just under sixty mil. So a modest hit. Yeah, I think we talked about the Santa Claus was like a hundred some. That's yeah, that was like a huge hit. That's why they made three more, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see if we can get a international gross here. Um, While you do that, I'm gonna read um, the synopsis here. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So we've got a a long one. And a short one. I'll start with a short one. A New York, a New Yorker suddenly learns that he has a 13-year-old son who's been raised in the jungle. He brings the boy to New York City, and that's where the fun starts. Written by Boris Sharif. Sure. That's... Scherfer. I don't know. Some... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Schaefer is what it is, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's either Sharif, Schaefer, or Shafar. I mean... Jafar? Is that what you said? Jafar. Jafar. Right, they're making a live-action Aladdin and a live-action movie about the like a prequel to the genie's life you looking forward to those as a as a disney head uh i can get on board with the aladdin i don't know about a prequel you don't need a prequel everyone's everyone's gonna get so mad that they're make, like why would they make a, a a genie movie without robin williams that's just asking for trouble like everyone's gonna be everyone's just gonna immediately malign it yeah it seems like a bad idea but who would you have voice the genie hmm martin short he gives a great performance here He's not funny. I'm going to talk about that, but I don't think Martin Short is. I've never thought Martin Short was funny, and this just really underscored it for in. you. I liked him in one uh, other movie, but I don't think I've really seen him in any other ones. So did, small, small uh, sample size. The, I think if you're going to voice the genie, you got to go with uh, probably you know probably Raymond's brother uh, Robert <laughs> or Velas Raymond Brad Garrett. Hey, hey, Raymond, I'm a genie. Get me out of here. Uh, Three wishes, boy. Uh, or uh, like a Gilbert Gottfried, but you know that's, Gilbert uh, Gottfried he, plays a Iago though, so you can't really have him doing double duty. That's that's actually a good idea though, because then you can ju- it's it's less in terms of a budget. You just pay this pay him once. Yeah, Disney's really rules. concerned with budgets. Well, I mean, yeah, this where where so this movie cost thirty two million dollars to make. Where did that thirty two million dollars go? Because it's not <sighs> paying on the people screen. to use like uh, the Statue of Liberty. I guess I don't know. I mean, the yeah, it it was expensive. Maybe they shot on location over there, and it... they shot. I saw that they shot in Orlando, which I would assume would be maybe the jungle scenes, and then uh, in New York. I didn't really see anywhere else. They didn't shoot abroad at all. I don't think so. Wow. Uh, all right. Well, you know, I guess we'll. I, I mean, I, they probably had to. They had to pay that cat a good chunk of money. <laughs> that cat's kind of a prima donna. Also, the little brother. Uh, he commanded a. He commanded about hundred thousand dollars and mm. a, a fair amount of like i don't know pizza and pop and stuff uh that was built into his his budget so uh yeah what else anything else before we get into uh, it i did want to say i just clicked on filming locations it looks like there is they did go to venezuela so maybe i was gonna say maybe. there's no way that they filmed that jungle stuff in orlando why do you live in orlando? it says jungle treehouse in orlando jungle treehouse isn't is that like that's the isn't that the club you formed with your St. Cloud friends? <laughs> Jungle Treehouse. You guys just all hang out outside. Um, I can't talk about that club. <laughs> Jungle Treehouse. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless unless Orlando has more geographically than what I've seen, I just can't imagine like the canoeing scenes being filmed there. So it's, yeah, that, it's, Venezuela. It's pretty wild that. around here in some yeah, parts. It's lush with the Ripley's, believe it or not, and the various <laughs> theme parks. You're obviously very familiar with the area. Uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I went when I was ten, so I'm something something. Right I'm after you saw Jungle on. to Jungle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't. Okay. I don't particularly want to read the longer synopsis. Uh, don't do it. We don't need. We don't need yeah, it. Yeah, I'd rather. Uh, I'd rather get into it. 
Uh, okay, so Jungle to Jungle, starring Tim Allen, Martin Short, Lolita Dadovich, Dadovic? <laughs> David Ogden Steers, Joe Beth Williams. Uh, we got everything else we need. Um, tagline. Tagline is bring a little savage home. Get a little savage. <laughs> bring a little savage home. That's better. Uh, get a- bring a little savage home. Hey. Uh, get a little savage. Get a little savage. All right. Uh, we'll be doing bios as we go. Um, I have uh, the top six. I didn't want to get everybody. It just you know you There's could. A lot of people in these films. It's a real rabbit hole. Uh, okay, so we open. And help me out here, uh, as you can. This is I have I have four pages of notes. Uh, yeah, I've got quite a bit. I have more than I had for the Santa Claus. I'm pretty sure. Me too. I think that this is like there's just there's a well, lot going on. Yeah, too much at the end. That doesn't <laughs> too much the whole movie. Maybe. All right, uh, but it so, does start with some good music that puts you in the mood. Yeah, what's that music all about? It's just a little jungly. Um, jungly. You know, there. I thought you would talk about the uh, the camera shot to start with because it's. You know, it's it's a special one. It's kind of a. Is it air? It's oh, it's a it, well, Jordan. It's an establishing shot of the scenery, right? <laughs> Boy, is it! You know, you got a real nice aerial view. Uh, they're going mm-hmm. down the the river there in apparently Venezuela, and uh, yeah, you have a boy paddling alone, uh, which we eventually learn to be Mimi Siku. Mm, um, spoiler alert! Climbing rocks. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's a very cliffs full it, of green a, and forest. It's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's Orlando at its finest. It's Orlando in the spring. Uh, there's some tribal music playing. Uh, tasteful, one could assume. Uh, and then it's it's like this is uh, comparable to like a Rocky training montage. Sure, there's you know? a couple and of those. It, yeah, he uh, eventually he ends on the top of a mountain in kind of a Lion King esque pose, and he just kind of screams. And uh, I don't really know why they started with this scene uh i think they're trying to establish where he's at in his life he's he's getting to be a man which we'll see later in the film is mm-hmm. kind of and we're supposed to think he's a man just because he can i think the, i think i think perhaps mountain. that's one of the uh the things that the chief made him do you have to climb this mountain as part of your uh oh rite of passage i suppose well, I'm not looking to speculate here. I mean, hey, if that's what's happening, they need to tell me that. So, strike one. <laughs> you, you know how film works. They can't just say everything. Yeah. They can't what show, if, don't tell. What if they <laughs> just put, like, a caption at the bottom explaining exactly what was Mimi, happening? Mimi Siku, colon, rites of passage, colon. <laughs> oh, uh, what's, the name of the, what's the name of the island or the people? Uh, Lipo Lipo. So nice Lipo, they named Lipo. it twice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't think of any uh, other city that they're going to be in later that they uh, say that about. Cut back to the stock exchange. Uh, uh, is this what the stock exchange is actually like? Because I've seen like this depiction in enough movies so that I'm beginning to wonder. Like, And I always think, like, oh, there's no way it's that crazy. You know, like, People are wrestling around in the in the room and people are yelling. So is this? Do you think that this is an actual an accurate depiction of what it's like trading stocks in you know like a, a bull or bear market in new york city you know from what i understand uh in my personal finance class in high school miss abinage who you and i mm-hmm. both adore uh she she explained a little bit about how this is what it's like and the fact that a lot of stockbrokers have heart attacks when they're in their like early 40s and 30s that's because of the cocaine though that has nothing to do with the lifestyle just because they're all on blow seems like a lot of uh screaming bumping yelling uh stressful situation trying to get the uh the best trades 
Yeah. Right. Tim's going to make like, a trade here. Our, like our trade deadline episode it's, of uh, Home Podcast. Exactly. Right away, we're getting a really clever wink here. Uh, Tim shouts something about Binford. Did you catch that? No, I didn't. What do you yell? Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. So I said the, I said he yells something about Benford. That means I don't actually know what he said per se. But yeah, he said Benford in the. Opening I was more season. interested in Martin Short getting trampled. Uh, me too. I would. I mean, that would have yeah, made the film was, a little bit. Different. By the end of the movie, that's what I kind of wanted to do with Martin Short was trample him. Uh, so yeah, he does shout Benford. It's a it's a cute, clever wink to uh, to his his beloved uh, and our beloved home improvement. I, I didn't notice it, this. Isn't like the Santa Claus though, where there's like ten of them. I only really noticed this one. Yeah, you know besides that and some grunts, which uh, we talk about how the, the grunts really go back to a stand-up days, so you can't really say that's just home improvement, but yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't see a lot. There, uh, there's there's some talk at the at the stock trading. Uh, Martin Short learns that, that, or we all learn that Tim is getting divorced. He, he wants to get married again, but he needs to get divorced originally. Uh, we should so say what his to... actual name is in this movie. Oh, God. Um, Michael. Michael Cromwell. That's going to be hard. That was hard last time. <laughs> All right. Michael as Tim Allen. I'm going to go back and forth. I'm going to do my best. Michael needs to, uh, he's needs to get a divorce so he can get married. Um, and he has to head down to, to Venezuela to do that. Um, World Trade Center is where all this comes pretty, down. Pretty prominent uh, in this film. It's that always poignant, the, you know, when you watch Friends, it's in there a lot in the skyline when they, they go between scenes. And it, they definitely do that a ton in this film. Tim is a Tim's a maverick trader, Jordan. He he's good at what he does. Oh boy, is he? Uh, um, he's buying some coffee. He's buying some coffee. I don't. This makes less and less sense as it goes on. So he's into commodities. He buys a bunch of coffee, uh, and then basically he heads to Caracas to leave the impotent uh, Martin Short to kind of handle things. And boy, what a huge mistake that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd say uh martin short uh he his character's name is richard in this movie and as, as you said he man he is a, a frantic guy he's very nervous he's very uptight uh he's supposed to be an analytics data-driven type how do you how did he get to where he is he when he seemingly can't do anything without tim allen i think i think maybe there's a spinoff love story here i I think martin short had some has feeling he seems he relies entirely on tim allen who doesn't care about him really at all just kind of uses him throughout the whole film or just like kind of leaves him to his own devices uh whereas martin short was very 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 like attached and clingy and just kind of needing you know i think uh i think part of the the um ambiance of richard is that he knows how to get in touch with the right people to make uh purchases so that is that's definitely part of richard's ambiance uh <laughs> 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 uh so martin short, i do have martin short credits uh, Please. he's pretty famous but martin short plays richard kempster 89 credits to his name uh the recipient of two emmy awards famous uh appearances you know he has the jimmy glick character that he's done on tv shows in various spots uh, he was an SNL cast member in 1984 and 1985. He's appeared in 22 episodes total. Uh, he did the SCTV show, which is essentially the Canadian version of Saturday Night Live, as he hails from Canada. Mars Attacks, Father of the Bride, and Three Amigos are some of his film credits. And as I noted earlier, never been a fan. Uh, I love I love comedy, and but I, there's not one Martin Short performance where I've thought like, oh, I kind of get the appeal here. Uh, I really liked the Three Amigos growing up, but I wasn't sure if that was because Steve Martin and Chevy Chase were in it too, or what. See, I've never seen that movie. I know that's the movie that like 
Lauren Michaels, who you know started SNL, like he left the show and then he wrote that film. Um, mm-hmm. So you know he's he knows comedy, so I have reason to believe it would be kind of funny. But I never saw it. Perhaps perhaps we should sit down and watch that at some point. Uh, you did not mention that he is the narrator for the uh, Canadian attraction at Epcot. No, I didn't. <laughs> so I just want to throw that <laughs> yeah, in there for good reason. Uh, so back to uh, back to the jungle. Back to the jungle. Pick it up, will you? Uh, the plane lands. It's it sounds pretty sketchy. You hear uh, some sort of problem with the wings or problem with the engines, I suppose. Uh, Tim Tim has a lot of like weird one liners to nobody in particular in this movie. <laughs> he like he, he's like talking. He talks to these uh, these native folks like they are like sketch comedians or something. Like they're he, like he's like he's, he's trying to do some improv. No one will play yeah. play ball. Well, the one when he gets off the plane, the one guy who I don't really know what his function. I guess is he the boatman? I don't know. Uh, but he's like they're talking, and I wrote down this quote, he, and this is what it says: "He who knows what women no, he knows what women." No. So far, so good. I don't know. Uh, basically, the logist. Basically, what happens is I can't read my hand right. He says, "He who knows what women want knows everything, but not even God knows that." So, like, basically, <laughs> like women are so mysterious and crazy and unpredictable that not even God Himself knows. Whether what women you're want, in so. the U.S. or Venezuela, it's the same. Women are impossible. Uh, Kirsten liked that uh, <laughs> that, qu- that quote. She, uh, pretty sizable eye roll ensued after that. Oh boy. Um, well, uh, yeah. So Michael has landed. He meets his Venezuelan attorney, who hugs him. So we see a little bit of the difference between. Uh, Michael's New York ways and uh, the friendliness of the South American culture. Uh, Patricia was supposed to make it to the airport to finalize this divorce, but instead she wants him to meet at the village. And we're gonna Patricia's kind of an asshole. <laughs> I mean, sort of. She's got an end game. You're supposed to think that he's the jerk early, early on, like, but really, you know, they had they had planned a meeting and she just bailed. She just doesn't. She doesn't care. She's got her own priorities. Uh, she's not really stuck in the the material world as he is now, and she's just that's, she's ingrained in this culture and, and does not care. Uh, okay, what he but wants. that's just okay. It has nothing to do with the material. She's just rude. <laughs> they had it. They had a plan, and she blew it off for what? What was the reason we find out? Uh, Mimi Siku. That's why. I don't know that that's a bad reason. You, you take. Go ahead and take her side. See. <laughs> see how that. See how that goes for you. Uh, so uh, he takes a boat out to to. Wait, hold on. Meet. There's a very quick scene here in the middle. Oh, they go okay, back and good. forth between the jungle and New York like five times at the start. Uh, so right after he lands and says he's going to withhold money from her for not showing it at yeah. the airport, uh, they go back to New York and we see that Michael's boss is furious and Richard is hiding under his desk and he's trying to call and reach him and asking, you know, why am I holding on to this coffee and blah, blah, blah. And Michael says, don't sell the coffee. So yeah, really setting up this, this coffee, uh, coffee crisis. It's going to last for almost two hours. <laughs> uh, and it, it takes on a lot of iterations. Uh, the boss, the, the Michael and uh, Richard. Richard's bosses, yeah, he's uh, it's a, quite the over-the-top performance. <laughs> At one point later on in the movie, they like <laughs> zoom in to his teeth, and he goes, "Ah, money sweeter than honey." <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely the uh, Wall Street stereotype that we all know and love. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that guy was like 
at the end there's a deleted scene where that guy's like Satan or something. Like he's, he's <laughs> they just put horns on him and give him a tail yeah. and a little. It's pitchfork. like the end of Devil's Advocate where you zoom in on Al, you zoom in on the reporter and it's Al Pacino and Al Pacino kind of grows horns. Um, deep cut reference. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> Back to the jungle. Next? Yeah. All right. So now we're on the boat ride. Michael's on this boat that you, the aforementioned boat. Uh, he puts a towel in the water to cool down. His driver says, "Don't do that," and he does it again. And piranhas bite the towel. So it's, uh, you know, besides, you know, how crazy it is in this jungle. It reminded me a little bit of Tino and Forche at Club Piranha. That's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> I was wondering if that's what they named those little fishies. Now, Jordan, I don't know that if you. Sometimes you don't pick up on things like this, but you get like the title "Jungle to Jungle." Like he's in the actual jungle, but New York is something of a jungle concrete in and of jungle, a, a jungle of concrete and uh, Wall Street and people and cultures. Do you kind of get the uh, what I would call a metaphor? I'm kind of confused at what you're explaining. Ah, uh, sorry. <laughs> we'll forget it. <laughs> Went over my they're head. setting something up here. They're setting. Well, something they also, up. Uh, you know, that that kind of analogy or uh, metaphor goes a little bit further. We talked about Lipo Lipo. So nice, they named it twice, and that's what they say about New York, New York. Uh, oh yeah, it does look beautiful in this Venezuelan village. Uh, Michael thinks this is going to be a quick trip. He tries to speak to the people around who are, uh, you know, natives to the area, and uh, they don't speak English, but he thought they would. Uh, yeah, he shouldn't have thought that. No, that makes sense. The the Panari tribe is uh, what the the name of the the tribe is. the The kids start yelling "Paliku," and we don't know exactly what that means at this moment. But they take him to the hut. Uh, they must know who he wants to see based on the color of his skin and this pro- profiling. Yeah, they're exactly. <laughs> these yeah. Panari tribe are profiling. Uh, Patricia is the doctor slash vet, I suppose, of this village. I don't know how she found this location or ended up here, but they she seems to assimilate it pretty well. Yeah, they, they really respect her. Uh, Dr. Patricia Cromwell, played by none other than Joe Beth Williams. Uh, Joe Beth Williams, I know her from the Poltergeist film, Poltergeist mm-hmm. 1 and 2. Uh, 112 credits to her name. Uh, still at it, movies. right? She's still at it. Kramer vs. Kramer was a big one. She's doing a lot of TV work currently. Uh, and she was Oscar nominated in 1995 for Best Short Film, and that was entitled On Hope. So mm. uh, she doesn't really have a lot to do here. No, it's, it's a small, it's a small role. Small she's, role. Yeah, she, she's fine. She does. Um, she, apparently, she's mean, but uh, she does. She does well. Uh, she couldn't, as you said earlier, she couldn't leave. Um, she says it's because a pig was about to give birth, but I perhaps think she has other reasons. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying her like her excuse to not sign the divorce papers uh, as the pig. I mean, I guess like she could have just brought Mimi Siku to Tim, to Michael. You know, I I think she she's one of those people where you know she uh, she acts humanitarian. She acts like she just is selfless, but. You know, she made him come all the way out there. I feel like it's the ultimate selfish move. I think... Uh, hashtag, hashtag Team Michael. You're Team Michael in this movie, and I am not. Uh, let, we learned a little bit. They start fighting immediately, so we see why they are not together. 12 to 13 years ago, she left him. They never got divorced, which is, I suppose, something that happens. Um, the boatman around... It's really just a tough start for uh, for Michael. <laughs> the, the boatman leaves... Uh, just kind of bails for no real reason. He's got places uh, to go. He's going to have to spend a few days on the island. Um, things transpire. He's got the biggest laptop I've ever seen, <laughs> along with like some kind of a, I don't know. He like, it's a, it's me- like metallic. It would remind you of like, uh, 
I like the things that people like hold out in front of them that are like uh, aluminum that they use to suntan with. It's like three kind of different folds and he points it up at the sun and I suppose that's how he's getting a signal. Uh, but somehow his computer is working briefly and uh, he's trying to he's trying to make the coffee deal work. Uh, Michael, de- I guess he, he deals uh, mostly in sugar and beans uh, was <laughs> what I kind of got out of it. Um, all around the same time, him, Michael and uh, Dr. Patricia Cromwell, they have a conversation about, like, their d- divorce. And, like, she gives some, like, kind of BS story about how, like, they installed a fifth phone line at the house. <laughs> and that was when she knew that it was One time for her to go. One step too far. Like, that was not... One phone line too far. Yeah. It was certainly that, just that an indicator of how hectic and uh, crazy their life had become. So yeah, she, so... So she just she took a trip the, to Venezuela. Yeah, she made the ultimate selfless act of just up and going to Venezuela <laughs> uh, and never divorcing him. She is just really just a, a genuine, genuine great person. Um, we do miss uh, some good jokes. I'll put good in quotation marks, where they talk about... Uh, you know, Michael, before he's, he has to stay, he's wondering where he's going to stay. Uh, and Patricia says he can stay with Ponsby or something something of that. Ponsby, name. she's a she's a bigger lady, and a lot of jokes are made at her expense, as is often the case in these kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor Ponsby. But she apparently is, uh, she would be interested in having Michael stay around. Uh, but he also has the option to sleep with the bachelors. in, uh, mm-hmm. And that's the one that he, he chooses. To the bachelors! <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, you know, he also, I don't, is it later on that he finds out that, uh, that Mimisiku is his son or does he find out during this scene? I think it's a little bit later. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's, it's well, so like the tribe, I think he, I think he finds out here. It's yeah. It's during the scene later on during the scene, the tribe is kind of messing around with this computer. Um, you know, like you said, is he's there, trying to make that on, Is there porn on the computer? It's what it seems like. Uh, it yeah, says, it's like, like early, hello, early you. Porn. Yeah, it's like early porn. A woman is, like, fully clothed <laughs> and, like, looks very regular. But she, there's a caption that says, hello. And we're to assume that that's... Uh, the tribe picks it up pretty quickly. And one of the native quickly. guys says, like, I love you, which is eh, kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mimi Siku's name translates to cat piss, <laughs> uh, which is just uh, very highbrow. Very good. Uh, uh, I, using that PG rating. Also, me, when they show Mimi Siku for, the, like, the first time that Michael sees him, he's holding a monkey, so uh, with with some dramatic music going on. He, mm. he must be in touch with his wild side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Must be. <laughs> All right, we gotta pick up the pace here. <laughs> After that, that stellar analysis. Uh, also, uh, so we talk a little bit. Patricia keeps kind of talking about their divorce. She said she yeah. was gonna write him a letter about uh, Mimi Siku, but she just couldn't do it. And uh, so that's why she really brought him all the way to this this little island or this little village. Um, I think here's the thing. Uh, Michael Tim Allen takes all of this in stride. He handles it pretty well. Like he he just is like he's too he, stressed like, from work to really deal. He with He introduces this. himself like to the kid pretty quickly after, and I mean he's stepping he's up to the agree- plate. He's agreeable to the whole thing. I would say uh, he he takes it pretty well. Especially for a guy that in the first scene we're supposed to think is like, you know, just a real jerk, just a real piece of garbage. Uh, he, you know, he's pretty reasonable about the whole thing. 
All right. Uh, Nightfall. We probably need to pick this up a little bit because we're only through two scenes. Um, bachelor, bachelor pad. Everyone's farting. A lot of, ha, lot ha, of ha. farting. Uh, that night, Tim sees uh, Mimi Siku kind of walking away. So he calls him Mitsubishi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he goes over and like tries to talk to him. He tells him he's his father. This is what I'm talking about. He tells him he does. He, it, you know, talks to him right away. Uh, Mimi Siku kind of feigns like he doesn't understand, um, and that's basically it for that scene. Uh, well, he, he goes day, and walks away and sits with a girl, so we we see that he's a ladies' man. Yeah, and he he gives her a pan or something. A pot, that's the thing. Potter that, pan. A pot. Potter pan. Yeah. Next day. Uh, next day, shirtless Tim. Uh, is my first note. So, uh, you know, if you ever watch Home Improvement, you think, man, I wish uh, I like to see Tim maybe with just less shirt uh so you get you get that in this movie so for the the tim allen uh the tim allen ladies i guess the the tim allen ladies fan club out there of which there are no members uh this is a good scene for you um mimi siko and and, uh michael go out in a boat um supposed bonding i suppose is is meant to be Mm -hmm. um one joke i liked here was and I don't re- necessarily remember the logistics, but he says something about Hoko Ono. Uh, <laughs> With bir- the toucan bir- that flies over. Yeah, yeah, bird who can't sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where we there's... get the first mention of uh, Baboon, because he sees a monkey. Uh, yeah. He gets bit by another piranha. And now we learn that Mimi Siku can actually speak English, so he's uh, he's a little jokester. He got his dad for for a little bit there. They're going into the jungle, uh, and a giant snake comes up, and Mimi kills it with a blow dart. So we get the first appearance of this blow dart, which will play a prominent role in this. The blow dart, in many ways, is the star of the film, you might say. I'd say. Uh, similar to, was it? What was it, Comet in the, in the Santa Claus? Yeah, Comet. Well, he just stole scenes. <laughs> Blodart is uh, Blodart is less of a prima donna than Comet was. You know, like you know, Blod- Comet Comet's like uh, his vodka budget on the set was like you know two two k or something. Whereas the the Blodart itself is just you know kind of takes things in stride. But, yeah. Uh, both both have spinoff material. I would say. <laughs> you uh, <laughs> in this scene when he shoots that Blodart for the first time, it's very like it's. Very oddly placed slow motion. Yeah, did you notice that? yeah, I did for no real reason. They just wanted. I mean, they wanted you to just see to exactly what happened. Yeah, for the kids. So they're gonna eat know? that snake later. Mm. And uh, Mimi asks if his dad can stay, but uh, Michael says no, he can't. Can you stay with me all the time? Mm. Mm. Sad. Yep. And uh, we see also uh, around Mimi's neck is a little Statue of Liberty. Um. And when he, a memento from his mother, yeah, as from a young New York. boy. And when he is a man, Michael says and promises that he'll take him to the statue. Little does he know that Mimi's about to become a man later tonight. Oh man, foreshadowing. Um, this uh, same kind of the same trip you get like the spider for the first uh, time. Uh, what's the spider's name? Matika. Matika. Yeah. So. Uh, you get the spider, and it's kind of chasing Tim around, and we don't know if the spider's a pet yet. Uh, the spider is real uh, when they zoom in, which is good, but like when they zoom out, it becomes very obvious <laughs> that it's uh, the early iterations of, of a CGI. Uh, there's a couple of instances of that later on, like where Mimi is on top of the Statue of Liberty and stuff, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't look very good uh, now, but maybe at the time it was it was better. State of the art. Um, we get back, and uh, it's, uh, it's the ritual. Uh, Mimi's becoming a man. 
Tim notes uh, that he would like his uh, his name on the village to be Man Who Is Well Endowed. So it's always good to have you know like a, a dick joke in your, your <laughs> Disney movie. You know, it's good. Tonally, it just makes a lot of sense. The kids, the kids just love that. When I was seven, I, I thought, man, it's well endowed. That's funny. You were laughing. You were rolling around in the theater, uh, but you were the only one because none of the other kids were really quite as advanced as you, unfortunately. So you got that right. Uh, I thought uh, we could come up with each other's Lipo Lipo names, just like uh, Michael wants to do here. Okay, go ahead. Um, so for you, and we've seen uh, a couple of this art couple instances of this in this episode i have man full of strange voices mm, yes yes okay that is me uh, uh thinking back to all the, the the crank calls that you made and then just several of the ones that you attempt on the the home and podcast it just felt right yeah okay uh i didn't i've not i have an idea for yours i haven't really put it together yet but i would say man good start Man, yeah, it's, 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 that's it, actually. No. Uh, man who thinks he knows finance. Man who fancies himself financial guru. Isn't that Michael? Are you saying I'm Michael? In, in a lot of ways, you are Michael Crom. You're the Michael Cromwell incarnate. Uh, if the podcast, I'll stop thinking uh, that I'm a financial, financial guru when you stop asking me questions about it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> by all means we're, we're, we're getting close I, I basically figured everything out um all right so where are well, we well we're gonna continue this rite of passage ceremony mm-hmm. uh mimi has to put his hand on this burning stick for an in uh, unspecified amount of time i suppose five seconds maybe yeah uh the chief orders a special task of bringing fire back from the statue of liberty and uh michael immediately is backing out on his promise here because uh, yeah. he, he maybe wants to be taken to do this. Um, he's a man now. He's a man, he's a man now. He's got to take New York City. Yeah, I mean, you can't help but think the whole village was just kind of plotting against uh, <laughs> against Michael here. You know, the whole thing has just been one big trick to get Mimi to go back to New York City from the early missed appointment to the coming becoming a man to the Statue of Liberty stuff. I mean, they're pulling the wool over his eyes. I suppose at this point, this is where Patricia should have stepped up and said, like, hey, there's not actually fire in the Statue of Liberty. Because she knows. That's a th- Michael knows, Sweet. but no one else... You wouldn't expect anyone else in the village to actually know that. I guess not. I mean, yeah, she... She's uh, she's pretty hands-off. As, as a mom, she's pretty chill about everything. She just I wants mean, them to bond. She, she's just letting she that She lets happen. Mimi Siku stay in that hammock without any supervision. So you know He's she's He's a man. Cool. She's like the kind of... She's like the parents that like don't mind when their kids get drunk in the basement. Like They just kind of turn a blind <laughs> We'd eye rather have you do up. it here. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. Better here than somewhere else. It's like, well, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Seems like a strange <laughs> probably, way to parent. Probably best case scenario, nowhere, you know, mm. but whatever. Well, yeah. when you just want to give up, you just give up. Yeah, uh, I suppose so. So, at the end of the scene, we, we have really no resolution. Michael doesn't want to take Mimi, um, and it moves on to the next scene, and the next day there's a flight back, and uh, Michael is asleep, and there's no one beside him, but a flight attendant comes up and wakes him up to let him know that Mimi is urinating on the exit door. So it looks like Mimi did make it after all. You know, I, I yearn for the days when you used to be able to pee 
on an exit door in an airplane, but you just can't do that anymore. No security and stuff. I mean, yeah, United they'll uh, they'll drag you off a plane if you pee on the door. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a, that is a fact. I mean, they'll they'll drag you off the plane if you're just if you're just, there's one extra person and then they need to get someone off. They'll just pull. Yeah, you imagine off if you urinated. Uh, I'm surprised, you know, we see that Mimi still has no shirt on. I don't know that you could pull that off nowadays either. Um, Only one way to find out. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it just sucks. Like, you know, I remember when we were young, you could go on planes shirtless, pee wherever you wanted on a plane, have, like, weapons and stuff. But you just can't do any of that stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. I think we're worse. America's gotten really uptight. Yeah, it sucks, man. <laughs> this movie just made me want to like be back in the nineties, nostalgia mm-hmm, and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Richard <laughs> is going to meet him, meet Michael and Mimi at the airport. Seems like the transaction did not go through because uh, earlier, when Michael was trying to complete it, he lost uh, his his My battery ran out. Is so useless in this movie. He just ruins everything. <laughs> he's the catalyst just, for all the bad things that happen in New York. He doesn't. He does, he's so incompetent. Not, he doesn't do anything of value. Even his kids are. I mean, the the what's his boy's name? I have Andy here. or something. Uh, no. a- Andrew. Andrew's the funniest person in this movie. Um, <laughs> besides besides uh, Matika or the blow dart? Mm, Ty. <laughs> they, they should have a spinoff. Andrew and the blow dart. <laughs> <laughs> On FX. Oh, uh, boy. So, yeah. I, uh, they, they, they land in their back. And, uh, yeah, Martin Short. He tells Martin Short that he has a kid. And, uh, again, I'll say this again. I'll keep saying this. Tim's taking this. In, or not Tim. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, Michael, dude, you should just go by Tim Allen in the movies like this, where he's essentially playing Tim Allen. Just go by just, Tim. Yeah. Okay. We'll Make it easier for everybody. But he's taking this in stride. He says, this is my son. Uh, and then there, I, I don't know why I wrote this. He, apparently at some point he says, this is my village. And I wrote definitely on the poster. Uh, so I think that that should have been their tagline. This, this is, is my, my village. village or from one village to another, I don't know, something like that, but it's better than, uh, get a little savage, or bring a little savage home with you. If you want. <laughs> I think bring a little savage home with you was the only one that really made sense at all. But again, we're getting some prominent World Trade Center here. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm thinking. I won't say it again. Um, in the car, well, yeah, they're driving around right now around this village. Uh, Mimi is smiling like a baboon because he's just so excited at everything going around here. Hey, man, little little Indian little, big city, little Indian big city. <laughs> They arrive at work. Uh, Michael is meeting with the boss man and Richard. Uh, and this is another great scene. This, is this the scene that you're talking about where he says, like, money, greed, blah, blah, blah? No, that's later. Later on. He yells a lot here. Uh, Martin Short has a completely different haircut in this scene that he only has. <laughs> he has a flat top in this scene. Every other scene he has normal hair, but in this scene his hair was different. Mm. I don't know if it was filmed out of order, but it was very, very noticeable mm. to me. Uh, yeah, this is the scene with the boss. Uh, the spider, uh, Matika, gets loose. Uh, it, it, the boss is, like, yelling, and it's been set up earlier on that, like, if you yell at the spider, for whatever reason, uh, this is... just doesn't like up, yelling, and it feels threatened. Be, he'll, like, come at you. Come at uh, me, bro. Whereas, come at me, that's what the spider said. The spider was wearing a, <laughs> it was wearing a bro tank that said, come at me. <laughs> and uh the boss is yelling and the spider is getting real close uh and uh it's crawling up the suit yeah he's crawling up the suit michael starts yelling to kind of get the spider away i thought it was kind of funny mm, yeah and he goes back out and he's trying to explain to me that we you know 
in America, we don't kill our chiefs, only postal workers do. Can you explain that? I wrote that down. I don't get it. Can you explain that to me? The phrase going postal, you've never heard of that? Postal workers kill the chief. There was, I believe like, in the 90s, there was like some stuff that happened where postal workers killed. Uh, I mean, I've heard of the phrase going postal, but. That's uh, where it comes from. August 1986, d- during the uh, Edmond Post Office shooting, 14 employees were shot and killed. Uh, oh, what a hilarious joke to make in your children's movie mm. disney that's just really funny <laughs> it uh it became a phrase though uh so that's kind of where it comes from yeah yeah, yeah just that nothing funnier than mass murders mm. Jesus. <laughs> you support this organization oh jeez. Oh, i'm gosh. sure you do in several ways as well you know one way is uh having a podcast about home improvement next scene <laughs> uh we we head home uh tim's tim's new wife is uh she looks quite a bit younger uh, I think we're supposed to think she's sexy. Showing a, she shows a fair amount of skin in this movie. Charlotte. Uh, there's like a scene where she's basically just in her bra, which when you're watching a kid's movie, it's always an interesting choice, I would say. Um, this is for, but, uh, I mean, you'll, you'll see this with a lot of kids' films. Uh, there's stuff for the adults in the audience, too, and I suppose this is it? I don't know. <laughs> this was definitely, yeah, she was definitely for the this, adults. This yeah. in like the weird like the postal jokes and the, like the, the well endowed joke yeah the dick joke that's really. all yeah you'll I, see that in every kid's movie pretty much i suppose so yeah even in the animated movies there's like jokes that yeah. are over yeah over the head but yeah she's supposed to be like his his sexy young uh wife i suppose uh she's immediately just kind of terrible i would say like she's she the has, typical superficial fashion she has no redeeming qualities and the fashion stuff is pretty terrible as well um so can you i have like a lot of big questions that I'm, i want to ask but can you explain to me what the purpose of the camera crew is so she like has like a very cliche camera crew following her around ian. But what is the ultimate plan with that ian yeah what is the plan like, i think why it's is gonna be following? on like some sort of special on a fashion channel so it's, it's like a reality show or something yeah i guess it's supposed to get her more exposure i'm not satisfied with that. <laughs> all right well don't ask questions uh, all right so the yeah, so the camera crew follows her around for the whole movie, and they're gonna document like her whole life for a special. I mean, whatever. Um, one of the dudes is like British and Ian. has Billy Idol. He, he yeah, Ian. He looks exactly like Billy Idol. Do you know who Billy Idol yes, is? Yes, I do. <laughs> what do you want me to say about it? Do you think he looks like Billy Idol? Yeah, why not? All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> this is where we find out that Martin Short has a thirteen-year-old daughter. How convenient. Ferris Bueller music plays. (laughs) This is Jungle to Jungle after dark. (laughs) Evidently. Uh, So Tim uh, Michael tells his wife about the kid. Uh, She's mad, as I guess like you probably would be or, uh, you know, confused. But again, she just kind of takes it in stride. I mean, she's kind of a piece of garbage, but for whatever reason, she's not super annoyed right away with this. Uh, she just wants it to be dealt with eventually because he, he makes the promise that he won't be around for long. Mimi Siku. Yeah. And that's a fair promise to make, I guess, you know, like, I don't know. She, I felt like she could have really raised the ruckus about this, but she was sort of just kind of what, I mean, she's like I said, annoying and kind of garbage, but she doesn't freak out to her credit. Uh, this scene ends with Tim punching a cameraman in, in the, balls which i guess is why we get the punched in balls ball, punched in balls well uh, no we get that line. later too 
There's more. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's two. You know you're in good hands when um, there's two cases of someone getting hit in the balls in the same movie. That's uh, that's uh, kind of where you want to be. So um, where are we at here? She smokes in this movie as well. Um, the wife is smoking, which I guess is again like the last vestiges of cigarette culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's just smoking around in this kid's movie. Um, at the end of the scene, Mimi and Michael walk in and they kind of introduce, and she is like yelling at Mimi. As if, you know, yelling louder would make him understand more. Uh, Idiot. Yep. She invites him to dinner. They're having dinner with a a fashion mogul. Uh, And Mimi, again, has to go to the bathroom, so he tries to go pee in the plants. Uh, Later in the scene, like, Mimi disappears, and now he's out on the ledge. Yeah. Uh, He sees the Statue of Liberty, and he's going to make his way over to it one way or another. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, and then Tim, uh, Michael goes out in the roof, retrieves him, hugs him, and we're seeing immediately, you know, he's, he cares for the kid. No bones about it. I mean, he, uh, he's, he's immediately stepping into that father role, mm-hmm. Jordan. Yeah. I think it's just something that This ha- is where happens. he says that, he says, uh, you were scared, baboon, and then, uh, Michael says, baboon not know he could be so scared mm. and um i shed one lone tear mm. during that scene i really thought that was nice and scene so, and scene they uh, decided to leave not roll credits though no maybe would have been better if they had. <laughs> yeah that would have been it all right thank you for tuning in to the first half of our jungle to jungle episode uh, believe it or not, there is a whole nother hour to tune in for. So listen next week to be able to finish this episode. Uh, thank you again, Audible, for sponsoring. And take care, everybody.